Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and I anticipate that today's guest will bring some new people to the podcast. Um, Dr. Courtney Kayla is very well known within chiropractic and the health and wellness and birth and momming and all things advocacy world. And um, it's funny because I reached out to her about a year ago and said like, oh, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And she said, sure. And then guess what I did? I ghosted her. <laughs> Just never followed up. Um, cool. So that's my life. Uh, so about, I don't know, at this point now, about six weeks ago, I'm like adjusting and I'm like, I really should follow up with Courtney thinking that she never responded to me because she's busy and gets a lot of DMS um, through Instagram. And she just probably, you know, it accidentally ghosted me. And so I go to message her and sure as shit, here's her response of like, yeah, I'd love to send me an email and that I never did. And I was like, Oh, she didn't ghost me. I ghosted her. Uh, so then I send her a message like, apologizing and being like, can I, will you please still be on? And she's like, you will not believe this. I was literally just thinking about you. And I'm like, huh, I will believe it. So the good news is, is you didn't get an episode a year ago that was, you know, apparently that was just not our divine timing. Today is the divine timing of Courtney and I talking. Um, and I think you're going to love it. Uh, she makes me sweat discomfort um uncomfortably at some moments in this interview uh as as usual she is a guest we have really bold women on this show and she is bold and awesome and you know i i kind of joke that these episodes are really more about my self-help than um anything you get out of it but i think you're going to get a lot out of it because <laughs> Don't worry, you will, but I definitely did. And she um, helped shine a light on just some areas where I may be chickening out. Um, shocking, shocking, chickening out because I care about other people's opinions way too much. Yeah, so um, you're in for a good one. 
And if you are a Patreon member or Patreon supporter of She Slays Today at that $12.99 level or higher, reminder that there is bonus content. Um, after today's interview, I go into a speed round of questions with her and she's great. She's really great. So if you want access to that extra content, um, then click the link below, uh, sign up for Patreon and support She Slays the Day, you know, your favorite podcast. Um, you also get extra stuff besides bonus content with guests at that $12.99 level. You also get um, a training each month. So go check it out. Okay, so Dr. Courtney, she really needs very little introduction. She has an amazing prenatal and pediatric clinic in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, which is like basically the size of Wisconsin. I'm learning the DFW area. Um, and she is so authentically herself. Um, when you meet people like her, you re they unknowingly shine a mirror onto you to make you realize areas where you're being unintentionally unauthentic. And so she is inspiring as a health advocate. She um, has a couple websites helping people because of her massive impact on Instagram. She's created a website, drcourtneycala.com. Kirby will have it in the show notes, um, helping people find uh, like-minded chiropractors like her, you have to apply, um, because she doesn't want to just refer people anywhere. She wants to make sure that she is referring to very integrous chiropractors that are focused on nervous system and subluxation. Um, and she's wonderful. She encourages patients to ask questions. She doesn't pretend to have all the answers, but she will leave you with some thought provoking statements and questions and make you wonder and make you figure out things for yourself. So she is definitely a trailblazer within chiropractic. One, you are probably already following on Instagram. Um, and you should, because she is doing amazing things for this profession. Um, and when I say amazing things for this profession, like she is not here to impact chiropractic. She is here to impact the world through God and chiropractic. So you're in for a treat, but per usual, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for warriors like Courtney. Um, you just have given gifts of courage and bravery. And I know that we all have that in us. We were all created with a a version of that, that maybe some of us have grown and some of us maybe have not. Um, but let this be a reminder that when you see something in someone else, you cannot acknowledge something good in someone else without it being present in you. We are unable to see things. So when we look at someone and we're inspired and we go, oh, I wish I had some of that, um, assure our hearts that we do. If you can see it in someone, it, it, it exists in you and it's, it's okay to grow these gifts. It's okay to evolve them and work on them and for them to not be where they will be a year, two years from now. 
help us find our voice within chiropractic and our patients, help us be bold, um, help us have the candor to approach difficult conversations with our patients with love and patience and kindness um, and let us continue to perfect our communication in bringing up topics that this world needs us as chiropractors to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, here is my fun conversation with Dr. Courtney. Enjoy. Cool. Have you are you on podcasts very often? Yes, yes. You are. I okay. feel like I'm recording. Um, I had to tell my team like no more than once a month, but yeah, a lot. Yeah. Is it usually within the chiropractic world or? Um, not like the chiropractic podcast that I've like, we're told about in school. I would say it's mostly just like the social media world. Mm. Okay. Do you like talking about social media? Sure. I think my, the hardest part for me talking about social media is people usually want to hear like, how can I do what you do? Mm-hmm. And there's just not, there's not a recipe for it. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I mean, I can talk about like what I did as I was getting going, but you can do that and you can not get followers and you can right. do that same thing and you can get followers. Like, it's just, I don't want to say it's like a luck thing because I do think that I worked hard at it and there are people that do work hard at it, but I also see a lot of people that were doing the same thing I was doing at the same time that have not grown to the level that I have. And I couldn't tell you why. Right. Does that make sense? No, it, it makes total sense. Um, and well, the reason I asked is like on a micro scale, um, it's something that I get asked to talk about. And it's hard because like, I really like, so there's, I geek out a little bit about social media and just mm. like under, like trying to figure out like, okay, do this, you get this response. Like, how does this work? Like, I, I like the, the game of it mm. and like, just kind of like understanding that. And so for a while, right. As like, she slays was getting going, um, I was getting asked a lot to speak to students about social media and this and that. And I, I still like it, but I realized that just because it's something I enjoy and am moderately good at, not like great, you know, but like, um, it's not what I always want to talk about. Like, you know, yeah. like God kind of put a different, like something bigger than social media in my heart to share with chiropractors. And so mm. it's just kind of like a, just like weaving it in. And then because you talk a lot about mothering and like, it's not like your Instagram is about Instagram. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I, I would agree with you. Like most of the student talks and things like people want to know, like, like, 
all about social media and it's kind of, and I like to leave people with application, you know, and it's a, it's a little bit of a difficult one, even to talk about marketing. I think because what we do is very rare, like we're kind of the unicorns in the chiropractic world where it's hard to give people a roadmap if I might try to work on it one day, but it's hard to give people a roadmap of like, do this, do this, do this, and you'll get people in your doors. And I think there are a lot of chiropractic marketing groups that sell it like that. And then I go and look at their social media and I'm like, yeah, I would never hire you. (laughs) I think I, so I would totally love to like audit social media as like a side gig. I think it would just like, help the cynical bitch like have a creative like (laughs) useful thing like because I'm really a nice grounded person but there's like this scratch that I just be like "Mm, girl you gotta back away from Canva back away (laughs) from Canva (laughs) that's so funny it's so funny honestly that would probably be so beneficial not great scaling for you but like yeah like for someone to just I think that would that would unlock the potential of like, here's what you're doing. That's great. But like, here are some other things that we could fix instead of being like, here, do this. And then it looks like what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And then you don't grow because it's not different and you haven't, you're not true to yourself. And yeah, I don't know, but I'm a little different than you in that. I don't like, I don't really look at the numbers of social media. I don't really look at the analytics. Um, I just post what I want to post. And if it's well-received, cool. And if it's not, I don't really care. Like, don't care. Okay. But you, so that you don't care, like, oh my God, was more of a, like, you don't care in life. Not like you don't care about social media. So, okay. Do you know your Enneagram? Yes. Oh, thank goodness. Because I, if you said no, I was going to spend the next 45 minutes trying to figure out what it was. And it's so bad. What are you? I'm a two. You're a two. But a lot of people mistype me as an eight. Well, that makes sense though. Twos and eights, they roll together. You're a two who doesn't care about people's opinions. I think when it comes, this is my theory of myself, okay? I think when it comes to social media, like, okay, twos go to eight in stress. Mm-hmm. I approach every topic that I'm posting ready for it to turn into a Reddit thread and to have be torn and ripped apart. Mm-hmm. So I don't post unless I'm, I'm ready and fully prepared and armored for that. And so I post in this attitude of like, fight me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think I'm like a two going to this, like I post with my desire and I feel loved by helping people. So that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. That's why otherwise, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like I don't care that there are board complaints to me. It seems worth it. Like, Oh, board, you want to attack me for saying that the eyes can heal themselves? Like, okay. Um, I'm still going to say that stuff. So that part of me is like, I'm still helping people, but then there's the part that I'm like, I just have the don't care attitude because I'm like ready and prepared to like fight. But also I think that comes with making informed decisions when you're like, you're so well-researched that you're like, 
this is what I believe and I firmly stand in it, then you can post those things Mm -hmm. and not care about the dissent. You could play it safer though. Like you, like, um, there's tons of chiropractors. Do you think that's part of your success though? Is that you don't? In 2020, I think it was the number one growth factor on social media was controversial topics. Mm. So yes. I mean, like when I, not to like get political, but I mean, like when I just subtly posted a picture wearing a Trump hat, didn't say anything about politics or where I was voting. I was just wearing a hat on the beach. Um, My follower count went (laughs) plummet. (laughs) And then within 12 hours, like went boom, way up high. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the biggest growth things for me, not only for social media, but it also got people in my doors at my office. Hmm. They're like, oh, I just love you even more that you posted a picture wearing a Trump hat. I definitely want to schedule an appointment and come see you. Okay. But like, does that, does that bother you that you're like, well, you're here, you're not even here for chiropractic. You're here because of a Trump hat? Not really. No, because they already have seen and know what, who I am and what I post about, Mm -hmm. but that was just an element of connection for them that they're like, I want to support her even more. And so then like, they're already, so they put on their intake forms, like, what is your reason for seeking care? Optimal function of my nervous system. So like my education is just a breeze because they're like, yep, we've read all about it. We know what it is. We're ready to have our nervous system checked however many times you think for the next rest of our lives. Because you're just honest about it. And so they Mm kind of know that's the point of entry. Yeah. Do you have, how does your staff turn away? um, What, what are they called? They should have a name. Um, the people who are like so fangirl, they can, they're only going to come for one appointment because they just need an adjustment from the famous, you know, like famous chiropractor. Yeah. You know, we definitely communicate that the, the benefit of what we do is consistency. And mm-hmm. so that's why I have the directory of chiropractors all over the U S so they can find someone closer to them. But we do have a radius. You're not allowed to schedule a first visit with us unless you live within an hour of us. And we've even considered moving it to 45 minutes. Yep. I will say my team, we get requests for it so much that we finally decided to lean into it a little bit. Okay. And we now offer an out of town first visit. Okay. It is significantly more expensive. It is actually twice the cost of my normal visit. So a normal first visit um, without other family members under care is two fifty, okay. and it is five hundred dollars. So I was just talking to one of my patients, who I mean she's been weekly for eight years, um, and she's going to she's going I, they're driving somewhere to um, Hilton Head. And she's like, oh, and there's this chiropractor I follow on TikTok out of Greenville who like does the Y strap because she asked me like six months ago, like, have you seen this Y strap? I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And she's like, 
you ever done it? And I'm like, Mm-mm, I haven't. She's like, do you have an opinion? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have an opinion. I don't know. And she's like, well, I've seen it on TikTok. I'm like, well, now I have an opinion. But anyway, so um, now I have an opinion. But so she's like, I, I actually looked into it because I really want an adjustment. And she's like, and so what he does is, and I don't know this guy's name. So this isn't, it's not a judgment to him at all. It's just more like conversation about this, this shit you got to do when you become social media famous, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's like $300 if you're willing to have your adjustment recorded for social media and 200 if, or 200 if you are, 300 if you're not type of thing. So like, Yep. Whoa, I never I know. thought of that. Uh-huh. So like there's like a hundred dollar discount if you're willing to have it, you know, recorded for social media. And just like, yeah, that's gotta be, but I like your radius thing. That's yeah, we definitely limit it just because if we've just found if you live further than that, the odds of you actually coming at the frequency that we think is best for your nervous system is really, really slim. So people got to remember that like, this is like, I mean, chiropractic is obviously, and you, um, do you do tonal? You do old? No, you do MC2. Yeah. Tonal. Yeah. Okay. So do you incorporate HVLA adjustments into MC2 or are you all Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I like about MC2 is that yes. it's the analysis. You can adjust how you want. I would say yes. we're probably 80% integrator. Okay. And just because that torque is what's showing up. So that tells us integrator, but then yeah, we'll do some manual. So this guy with the Y strap, um, you know, he's yanking on someone's head. And I was, so I was telling my patient, I'm like, I would have to charge way more than that because the amount of time it would just take me to like talk to someone and make sure that it's safe to yank on their head one time. Like just the liability alone is just, I'd be like, oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But you know, the guy became famous on Instagram, I guess, or so TikTok or YouTube, or I don't know where it is. And you're just making lemonade out of lemon. So <laughs> I don't know. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. But it's uh, the new patient process intake is my least favorite part because, you know, it's just like, can we just like get to the point where we start healing and not do all this like safety, making sure that it's. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you, okay. When did you graduate? April, 2018. Okay. Oh, you're. I mean, this is going to sound like I thought you were old, but like, I thought you'd been doing this longer, but you're four, this will be your fifth year into practice. Uh, yeah, I'm four years into practice right now. Yeah. And you just, and when did you start your own? Yeah. So I was an associate for two years and I opened my own in October of 2020. So I haven't even Great been open time to for... Open yeah, haven't even opened for two years. <laughs> okay. And so you've okay. So a lot of your social media is about like mothering. So is this kind of the is that how did you take like that and open a practice that was like authentically yours? Like how, because your social media is so much about like brand and culture. Like how did you tackle that like in real life? 
I definitely am pretty anal when it comes to branding and consistency. And so like we were kind of joking about earlier about people using and abusing Canva templates. It's like, yeah, that Canva template is pretty, but like, that's not your font and that's not your colors. Mm -hmm. So you should edit the Canva template so that it fits your branding. Like you the brand kit tool in Canva. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I mean, just like taking, because basically I have my online brand, which has its own branding. And then I had to create a brick and mortar brand. And I basically just kind of looked at all of the things, the experiences that I've had that I've liked. And also like from my own associateship, I learned a lot of like what not to do which I felt a lot of um, grief and frustration over that because I was like, man, I wish I could have walked alongside like a mentorship process and being like, I want to do all of this and someone showing me the way. And, but I also am really grateful because it allowed me to be so authentic in the things that like I was able to see things that didn't work. And so then I had to kind of like figure out and create things from my own thought processes that I thought would work while also being open to all of that not working. (laughs) So I didn't do any like coaching or anything like that. I basically just thought about things that I liked and things that I didn't like. And the place that I feel like I've been able to stand really firmly in on social media is basically what I was trying to cultivate for an in-person experience. And that is honoring the way that God created our bodies with holistic health that points to a creator behind it. Mm. So I called it like this crossroads because we're so familiar of like this holistic health and this view and what that is supposed to look like. And you, you go into almost every holistic health office. And to me, they were kind of all looking the same. Like we've got salt lamps or crystals and smudge and like, you know, it just had all the things and I'm like, okay, it just looks the same. But what does it look like when you are living a life for Jesus in light of all of that? And I actually had a patient yesterday who went and visited like another um, healing center in Dallas. There's like quite a few of them. And she said, you know what? I just was kind of taking for granted the what you've cultivated here. And she was like, no knock on that place. Like there's, there's places like I I enjoyed my experience, but she was like, there are things that you've cultivated here that are like purely for the Lord. And there's just not a lot of that in holistic health. And so some of the examples of that is like, we have salt lamps, but like, we don't have crystals. And I do think that crystals are really beautiful, but my personal belief is that healing doesn't come in and through crystals. And so I don't put my hope in the crystals to heal me. Just like, I don't want people putting their hope in me to heal them. It is God through me It is God's creation of their own innate intelligence within their body. So the congruency of that is just what I tried to put into physical form within my office. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. So are you, are you like, do you bring up God on day one? Like, is this, yeah. Yeah. So in my part of my education on day one, 
is talking about, I talk through the physiology of like why we do what we do and all about how God created our bodies. So that's the actual verbiage that I use is removing any interference between your brain and your body that's preventing your body from communicating and functioning exactly the way that God created you to function. Do you, so you're in Texas, so like Bible Belt. Right. Um, Do you get any pushback ever? Like there's got to be at least like one or 2% of people that are just like turned off from that. Or are you so like your marketing is so on point from the get go that like they wouldn't even be in your office? Yeah, I don't think they're even in our office. Our messaging is so crystal clear that, and there's just, there's so many other chiropractors in the area. I'm always referring people to other chiropractors. Like if there's even an ounce of doubt in their mind, if they're going to be able to meet the frequency, then I'm like, well, like, tell me where you live. Let's find someone closer to you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just yesterday I referred two new patients to other chiropractors. I actually wrote one, a list of eight different chiropractors that were closer to her. So there's not a, there's like an abundance of people that can serve these people, you know? Right. I do get trolls rather. I mean, it just happened this week where they'll fill out a form online and put like their phone number is like nine, 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 you know, like not a real. And they'll be like, do you serve members of the LGBTQ community? And we actively decide not to respond to those. If it's a genuine question, obviously we will see and serve anyone and everyone and have before many times. But if you're just trying to catch us saying something that you don't agree with and you're going to put it on a Reddit thread or turn us into the board or whatever, like, so yeah, my office manager was like, Hey, does this look legit to you? Um, that doesn't, that, that sounds like a nightmare, Courtney. Like, do you ever wish that, okay, so you have, how do I pronounce you? Kala, is that how I say your last name? It's actually Kayla, but. Kayla, oh, I bet yeah. you get that a lot then. Oh yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I like, expect anyone to read it and think that the H is a well, Y. <laughs> I mean, my last name is pronounced Brunslick, not Brunclick. Um, oh. so, yeah. so do you talk to Alexa like she knows your name? So like if I'm going to tell Alexa, I will or like I'll say like call Kirby Brunclick. That's my husband. You know, like do you do that with your name too? <laughs> no. uh, like, I do not understand. Um, what was my question? Oh, OK. So you have your brick and mortar. Yeah. And then you have Courtney Kayla on mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Do you ever, do you protect your brick and mortar social media because of the shit you have to put up with the Courtney Kayla? Like, are you like, this? no, just stay, stay small and local and like not, don't go big. I mean, my business Instagram has 15,000 followers, so you're already it's, it's there, but the purpose of that social media is just different. So 
yeah, when I, when I talk about like social media and branding and stuff, one of the first things I encourage people to do is figure out the purpose of their, their platform. Why are you there? And so what are you hoping to show people and tell people what is your purpose? So the purpose of my business is social media is just to show the behind the scenes of our space. So that can be like the people that are there that can be like, the building, like, it's just to show the behind the scenes. So it's not so much about, it's just not a, it's not really a controversial page because we're not doing a whole lot of like health education or it can, it comes in little doses, but it's not, it's not like we're dropping truth bombs over there. So I guess in a sense, it is a little bit more protected because it's just not as controversial, but I'm not intentionally withholding information on that side. It's just serving a different purpose. Okay. So then with the Courtney Kayla Instagram, like, is, do you ever just not want, like, do you ever just want to post a damn picture and not deal with the controversy or do you, do you love it? I, that's actually what I do. I, I post and not deal with it. So I, um, you can like good social media, like engagement would be to respond to every comment within an hour. So usually I do, I respond to those comments that might be like, I don't know, 20, 30 or so comments. And then I peace out and I don't look at it again. So if there's trolls commenting on it and they're like going through threads of things or whatever, I, don't, I would, wouldn't even know. I also okay. d- don't look at my message request folder. That's where the trolls usually live. Mm. So mm. I made the decision to just live blissfully ignorant in that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, okay. So here's my question easier on social media I mean not easy definitely easier said than done but like you go girl um so but easier in social media than in clinic how I get questions from people asking about how to like handle controversial topics in clinic so like um I mean, the COVID vaccine's a good one. Like, you know, and my, and I suck. I just want to be very open and honest that I uh, still care so many dams. I give way too many dams. Like I have one of my quotes that is like always surrounding my workspace is like, when will you care more about my opinion than theirs? Like love Jesus. Um, and it's because it's just like I, my, my brain and ego needs that reminder. Um, so I avoid controversy because I just want to be liked. I don't want to deal with it. But in clinic, like you can't just be like, oh, I'm just not going to respond to that comment. Like, right, right. how do you handle the controversial things in clinic? 
I think, you know, like at my core, my desire is to be fully known and fully loved. And we know that Jesus is really the only one that fully knows us and fully loves us. But how I live that out is like, I'm 100% myself. And that also comes with my communication with my community and my practice members in person. I do like to answer questions with more questions. I don't ever want to like tell people what to do, but help them think through it. So I kind of had this realization probably pretty early in practice. This is like, I feel like this would relate of like pregnant women. They would come in and be like, oh, well, my doctor is wanting to induce me at 39 weeks. And I had fear of them not liking me or not wanting me to serve them. And so I would just kind of like casually go along with their own plans, thinking that they felt confident in that decision. So I'd be like, okay, all right, that makes sense. Like, you know, just kind of went along with it. And then who was picking up the pieces when they went on this conveyor belt of interventions to C-section and they're sitting in your office crying and saying, this was done to me. It's us. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm freaking sick of this. I'm sick of picking up all these broken pieces. Maybe no one else is telling them that there is another way. Maybe I'm the only voice that they're going to hear or the only person that's going to plant a seed. And maybe that could change the entire trajectory of their birth, or maybe it won't, but I'm just tired of that fear. So I decided to just like really lean in and I totally do. So, I mean, I had a, a mom under care and the thing is, is does it result in more people liking me usually like being fully known and like, they're like, and I'll ask them. One of the first questions is, do you want more resources on this? Or are you interested in my opinion? And just to see like what they're, what they're wanting from a response before. Okay. I so that's, that's kind of where you start with the question. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, are you, are you like wanting more resources? You want me to point you in the right direction? Or are you, do you want to hear like my opinion on it? Um, usually people want both. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm happy to share both. And I always approach it from a place of like, this is where I stand and it's okay if you fall some, if you have come to a different conclusion than me. Um, and I always share my bias too. Like, I'm like, listen, like I'm all the way over here. I'm almost dogmatic when it comes to vitalism. And I know that that can be unhealthy at times too. So I try to hover like a little before it, mm-hmm. but on that continuum, like I'm over here. I didn't start over here. I've just like journeyed that direction. You can fall anywhere on that and that's okay. I just want you to have peace. My goal is for you to have peace about your decision, no matter what your decision is. So I had a mom sit down the other day and she has a midwife and she's planning a home birth and all these things. I asked her who her midwife is. And unfortunately, I know that her midwife is known for doing routine episiotomies. And one of the primary goals she had, you know, like top three goals for your pregnancy on the intake form was no episiotomy. And so instead of just like tiptoeing around it, I just said, Hey, I just need you to know this information. I would go talk to your midwife more about it. I'm not telling you that you need to change midwives, but like, if that's your primary goal and this is word on the street, like, I think you need to know about it. Has she come back into my office since that conversation? No, 
she probably talked to her midwife and her midwife got her under care with another chiropractor. I don't know what the results of that birth will be, but I, I know I refuse to hold my tongue because if she were to come back in and say, well, I got an episiotomy and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to carry that. You don't want to carry that. So I'm ultimately not the appropriate provider for her. And that's just what I settle with. Were you always this bold? No. (laughs) Okay. I feel like it's taken a lot of practice and mostly a lot of like getting to know myself and also having an abundance mentality. Like, of course, you're afraid of saying something wrong if you're afraid that there's not enough people around. Mm-hmm. But there's an abundance of people that need to be served and want to be served by someone who views the body the way that I do. Do you feel like part of your confidence? I feel like confidence might be a better word than bold. Well, it's pretty bold to confidently tell people your beliefs. So both, whatever. Um, Both are meant as a compliment. Do you feel like part of the reason that chiropractors struggle with that is because, why do you feel like chiropractors struggle with it? Yeah, I think, I think there's fear there, fear of losing people. And that's something I learned in clinic of, yeah, when I was like in clinic in chiropractic school, I remember I had a patient and I I can't remember the exact situation, but I just remember I made the decision that I was going to give her, my communication was going to be like, that she is free to leave instead of trying to like convince her to stay. And I don't remember how I worded it. I just remember having this decision moment in my mind of like, I'm just going to communicate this in a way of like, if you, if you want to go somewhere else, let me help you find where else to go. Or like that you're free to go kind of a thing. And that resulted in in way more people on my schedule that next week. And so I just felt this, like this change of like, wow, there's so much power and beauty, not only for me in releasing people, but like empowering people to make their own decisions instead of trying to convince them what to do. Mm -hmm. And that really informs like entirely how I practice. Yeah. I mean, it sounds freeing. Like how this looks in my office is like, we don't, you know, a lot of the coaching methods will say, make sure you get someone scheduled for their next appointment before they leave. Right. Yeah, we don't do that because I, mean, I don't them like 36 times. So like <laughs> we're like 36 times worse than that. Uh, you don't schedule their next visit. Listen, if they want to, like my front desk is there and she will schedule like 12 visits or if they want or however many, you know, if they want to schedule out, we'll schedule them out. But I refuse to hound people down for their care. Do you recommend like a care plan? Like is a care plan like a dirty word to you? No, no, we do care plans. Okay. Yeah. But you just say it's on you. It's on you. I have online booking open and we have policies in place where they are responsible for their own appointments, scheduling them and canceling them and rescheduling them. So it's, 
their health is their responsibility. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold their hand through that process. Even if that means more money in my pocket, at the end of the day, they're not taking responsibility. Oh my gosh. You do, do you, you don't have control. Do you have any control issues or you just like, I don't have control issues. (laughs) I'm just like a control freak over here. Like, okay. And it works out. Okay. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Control issues have to show up somewhere in your life. Like, right. Like somewhere. Oh yeah. I have control issues in my marriage. Okay. So like it's somewhere you're not perfect. No. Yeah. Um, we are just, our clinic is just starting to like, so I've been in practice 11 years. Um, I'm going for my, I'll be 36 this year. And just in the last year, I realized that I have like major control issues and it's really funny because about a year and a half ago, I, so I was under the impression that I was the only person who was aware that like, of like the anxiety. And like, I thought I was giving off this, like, I'm so breezy thing. And so I was getting my hair done by my best friend. And I said something about like, I'm like, well, I feel like people think I'm breezy. And she laughed and she's like, no. And I'm like, I think you just, because you know, I'm not breezy. And so we started like asking like, her salon people and like who kind of know me and they're just like laughing and so like I started like asking like some of my patients I'm like who I've known for years and I'm like quick quick yeah yeah okay your neck thing cool 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 get to that set question do you think I'm breezy and they all have the same response of laughing and I'm like am I the only person who real didn't know so I don't remember what my point was this. Oh, okay. So 11 years into practice and we're going to start doing online scheduling and allowing patients to do this and reschedule and cancel. But I have a lot of fears about it because like, how are they going to stay on their care plan? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you know, we track the numbers of seeing like, where do people most likely drop off? And we have we do have a follow-up kind of touch point of just letting, but our, our hope of it is we just want you to know that you're missed, like that you matter to us. And we've noticed that you haven't been here and, and we miss you and we want you here. So, but at the end of the day, like their health is in their hands. And so it's like, I can, I'm telling you what I think is best for you these are the, this is how we'll like check in and follow up. But at the end of the day, like if you drop off, there is no amount of like me, like pushing you to do it. Like the change has to be from them. And I think that's something that I've also really had to relinquish control over within my own personal life of like, my husband struggles with alcoholism and we've tried all the boundaries. We've tried all all the things um, that I've like set into place. And I've just had to let go and say, at the end of the day, if the dude wants to drink, the dude's going to drink. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not in control of that. And I can have boundaries in place that protect me from it. AKA late cancellation and no show fees. Mm-hmm. 
Like those boundaries are for protection, not punishment. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I know I do things different. No, I, I, like, I like it. Some people will sit there and schedule out like 12, 24 scans. Like some people will sit there and schedule it all out because that's what helps them. But they're like, I know I need to do this because then I won't like do it later. Some right. people schedule on their own four at a time. And then they'll do the next set of four, the next set of four. Like everyone is just a little, everyone's a little different, but I refuse to like, I think coerce is a bad word. I don't think everyone's like coercing people under care. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, it's almost like the opinion of public health chiropractic chiropractors tend to, you know, of like, I can't trust that you get the big idea and are going to do what's best for you. So I'm going to take over. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like I trust that like you get the education that I'm throwing with you and you're going to follow these recommendations until we do a scan. And it shows that we can decrease those recommendations. And I have real conversations with people when we do follow-ups of like, Hey, here is the recommendations. Here's the frequency you followed. Here's the results. You didn't follow the recommendations. Yep. And you don't poop your pants when you're having that conversation because you don't have the anxiety around them. (laughs) It's fine. I'm fine. I just need to change the title of this podcast to Lauren Needs Therapy. And (laughs) you like to be a guest. That's just how I'm going to start asking people like, hey, I've been following you on social media. I feel like you could contribute to my therapy. Would you like to come on and be a guest and help me try and be a normal human? (laughs) But listen, like I practice authentically to me and that's what works for me, right? Like I want people to be in charge of their own health. I teach people how to advocate for their own health. So I'm, I don't mind guiding them through that. I'm teaching them how to take that ownership back. But like for you, you might be like, I love when people schedule out, like I love scheduling out 24 visits at a time that helps me stay on track. So I'm going to implement that for the people that I serve because that's congruent to you. Yep. Yep. I I see that. Okay. That makes sense. It really comes back to just finding your authenticity though, too. Yeah. That is so much easier said than done also. Like students are, do you find that like that, so past social media, like is that one of your favorite things to like pour into students? Yeah, I I do enjoy talking to students. Like I would say probably a few times every trimester or quarter or whatever, I'm speaking to some school and have lots of students in my office. So I enjoy it. But do you find that, so your message is be authentic, Mm -hmm. but do you find that students just want to replicate your authenticity and therefore it is not authentically them oh not just me but 
any other leader within chiropractic. Like I remember all the mini Brett Jones at Parker University. Yeah. But that to me is so gross. Like, sorry, not saying that those people are gross, but like imitation, like kind of the inspiration starts with like some imitation. Like you see things that you like and you start implementing those things. And so I get it. But like one of the most unattractive things to me is seeing someone do something that's not authentically them. But I just don't feel like they have any idea. I mean, I was, I was there too, you know, like I remember as a student, like I had my mentor and he was like, you're still like finding your path. And part of me finding my path through school, one, thank goodness I had, I had Dr. Eric Russell as my mentor and he teaches philosophy at life university, but he used to be, um, over at Parker and, I did a lot of like core value exercises with him, not only figuring out what my core values are, but writing my own definitions for those values, which I have taken with me into practice today and for my business. Um, Doing a lot of like visualizing and creating idea boards for like what you want your future office to be down to like the flooring and the baseboards. Like, Mm -hmm. so a lot of that stuff through school I did as I was trying to find myself and figure that stuff out, but I was drawing mostly. And I still feel this way. I try to draw inspiration, like from myself, like I try to just spend time thinking about what I like and what I want to do. And I try not to, of course I get inspired from other people, but I don't want to like replicate what they do because I might do it a little different. So with students, I think it's normal to be a little lost or a little confused because this whole profession, this whole new career path, you probably, maybe you knew all the philosophy of it. I sure didn't. And so this was like wrecking my it was wrecking my paradigm. Like it was changing the entire lens in which I viewed the world through. So of course you're going to have an identity crisis in that, Mm -hmm. but to just like lean into it, like just to lean into the identity crisis and be like, yeah, like I I teach one class on philosophy for Dr. Dr. Russell um, every semester. And like, one of the things I talk about is just like this philosophy 101 And it's like, you have this like opportunity to like challenge these comfortable, conventional, complacent views that you've always had, or you can choose not to. I chose to challenge it. And I carry that viewpoint with me through every topic in the the world, you know? Right. But you saw the people in your class that chose not to, and just didn't pay attention in those classes. And it was like, okay. And that informs the way that they practice. So I leaned into the philosophy, which is the why behind how you're practicing and let that shape also like me and figuring out my why and who I am. And even through school, I took leadership positions for things that ultimately I let go because I was like, yeah, this is no longer congruent. Like I was president of the upper cervical club because I really, really love upper cervical specific techniques. But then I was like, this just feels no longer congruent because I'm learning and growing and changing. And I don't, while I love this and will refer people to people who do this, I don't think that's the way I want to serve people. Right. Right. 
with your, I'm, I'm assuming your faith has been like, this is something you grew up with. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So is there any points within when like in learning philosophy where you felt like for a moment you had to reconcile, like, how does that fit with my faith? Totally. What were like, do you remember any? I remember having conversations with Dr. Russell because he would say like chiropractic is not a religion and like that I had to keep it separate. And I, that really, I really wrestled with that because I was like, I cannot look at this term innate intelligence and not say God made that. Right. So I'm like, I cannot separate that. Like I can't. And he gave me a few papers to read on it. And I understood like the physiology and the philosophy, like. Wait, 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 what were the, I mean, so I, I agree with you. And I'm not just saying that because I need you to like me and I'm agreeable and would Good. never ever be a bad host and confrontational. I truly like, yes, innate intelligence is just like, um, what are the papers? What did the, what the papers say? Like how they were, you know, when people go through like the ACP program, sure. Academy of Chiropractic Philosophers, I think um, it was like some papers that people had written while graduating from that program it was like a hard copy and my friend is not innate intelligence no 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 it was just saying like how chiropractic is not not a religion Mm. and so so to keep it that way we must keep god out of it yeah that's not my problem to save chiropractic yeah okay so what are your thoughts on that i can't keep god out of it yeah. So that's just what I decided to lean into is that I look to everything that we do and the beauty of, you know, all that we get to work with and give thanks to who designed it. Mm-hmm. But I think the confusing part for our world and how a lot of people practice is they give thanks to the body and give thanks to mother nature and instead of the creator of all those things okay yeah that yeah so like you that makes sense that is there anywhere else where like the 33 principles gets a little like because I mean it's, it's so hard for me to to read them and not just see how they just tend to parallel really really nicely but are there any other points where like within chiropractic that you're like, eh, I have a problem that like smashes up against my belief system. And I don't, I don't like that. Or Not, no, not really. I mean, I like you, I feel like it aligns like so beautifully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that there are different interpretations of that for different people, people's beliefs. And that informs the way that they practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. A uh, little change of, not change of pace. We're taking a left cor- turn here. I don't know. Uh, what is, sure, you, you get what I'm trying to say here. Um, I'm a great host. I've done this before. Uh, 
What is one of the biggest mistakes you've made? I'm going to, I'm going to actually keep it open. I was going to put like ram or like boundaries around it, but like, I'm going to keep it open of like, just in your career. Sure. I put, well, including chiropractic school or outside of that. Sure. Sure. If that's what you're being called to bring up, then yeah. Well, my, my biggest failure is I failed a class in chiropractic school. Oh, what class? Neuroscience. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that wing three of you really hates, hates that. I'm <laughs> yeah, so it just, it rocked me in like a way that I didn't know that I needed. Now, obviously now I'm so grateful for it, but like, I mean, I, I truly didn't work as hard as I needed to. Um, and I knew that I just kind of hoped I would skate by and I didn't. And I fell out of the class with, it was all the social reasons as to why I was grieving it is because Mm -hmm. you are no longer Mm -hmm. in that try. And that was my best friend. And I was afraid I might lose her, which I didn't. We're still best friends. We just had to work a lot harder at being best friends. (laughs) But it also, while I thought I was losing so much and it did create trimesters of isolation because I was a floater, then I didn't have a home base. I would go to some classes with this try, some classes with this try, didn't have a lunch that lined up with either, would eat lunch in my car. So moments of feeling alone. Um, I remember like calling my mom in my car crying, being like, I'm just eating lunch in my car again. Like, there's no lunches right now, but this is like my lunch break. Um, and so, yeah, just feeling very like alone and like I failed and, um, you know, whenever you're the person who failed and you join the tribe below you, you're kind of viewed as like a loser, (laughs) like not smart. (laughs) So I just, it really humbled me, which I do focus a lot on, humility as bold as I try to be. Um, so it was a very humbling experience and I ultimately gained a lot more friends that I'm so grateful to have to this day. While I thought I was losing a lot, I maintained those friendships and then I gained even more. And so some of those friends from the trimester below like one of them, he practices like 15 minutes from me. Um, he'll, he lives down the street from my business. So he's come over and mowed the, the yard at my office many That's times. Yeah. And we just went in on 20, 21 acres together and our families are going to do life together. So wow. if it wasn't for failing, you know, like I wouldn't have that friendship and all of that, but that was probably my biggest my biggest mistake and my biggest failure. Hmm. So what's next for you? Well, I'm in a big idea generation season right now, which kind of drives me nuts. (laughs) Do you have one child, two child, seven children? How many children do you? Oh, I wish I had seven. I have one. Okay. I'm, I'm the oldest of five. So I like grew up with a big family Mm -hmm. and I would love to have like at least six. But man, getting pregnant is not easy for us. Okay. So that is just something we struggled with the first time around and we're struggling with it again. And 
Couldn't tell you why. We have no answers. Mm-hmm. But um, what is next for me? Let's see. I'm focusing this year a lot on simplicity in my business. Okay. So like just kind of tearing back the things that make your business look really cool on social media, but may not actually be serving you, your team, your community, or even your pocket very well. Do you have an example? Yeah. Like 2021, we led our community in hosting events. And again, I wanted to stand in this crossroads of where churches were kind of shut down and weren't hosting events and people were like craving community Mm -hmm. and community and connection is at the core of health and healing in my opinion. And so that's like what our office cultivates. So we hosted these community events and I just can't host an event simply. (laughs) I like to do all the things and that's great. But in my, we're talking like charcuterie boards and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Like balloon arches and like, yeah, like coffee carts and all the things, but my heart behind it is I wanted people to just feel really loved. The business side of it is my heart there was like, I want people to feel really loved and I'd be happy if I just broke even, I don't need to make money off of this. But when you're not making money off of those things, you are draining your energy and your team's energy. Yeah. So those events just became exhausting for us. It didn't feel like we were excited to serve our community. It felt like sometimes we would lose money. We had cool pictures and we had like, kind of like the status bump of like, look at how cool we are. But like yeah. at the end of the day, it like... I think that our community enjoyed it. I was just very happy to not do those in 2022. Yep. Yep. I was just okay pivoting and saying, Hey, maybe that's not serving our team best. Yep. It's like draining us. So let's just pair it. Let's just break it down. Go back to the basics. Because if you have like your front desk staff, And they have all their roles and responsibilities of like billing accounts, receivable, checking people in and out, just being a friendly face, scheduling, all of that. But then you also put on their plate that they have to plan events Mm -hmm. and like it's then taking away from your purpose and serving people with chiropractic care. Absolutely. So I just like, I was like, okay, no more events. We're just going to focus on simplicity, which means we're just going to serve people with chiropractic care. Now we'll probably do like a fall market in the fall, but that's like way low. Like I'm not going to be spending thousands of dollars on getting all these things there. It's like, we'll have vendors and they can choose to sell their products like way, way low cost. Got it. Um, what about your, I mean, do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you feel like, um, your role within chiropractic, like, so beyond your brick and mortar, what's next for Courtney, Kayla? Is it even like, are you, 
would you step more into your role in chiropractic or would you step more into your role within um, faith? Step more into your role, like where's Courtney Kayla's Instagram going? Mm. I think just stepping more into health and wellness and God's design of that. And so Mm -hmm. like, not that I'm not stepping more into chiropractic, you know, the lens of chiropractic and the philosophy of chiropractic informs the way I view health and wellness. And I always say chiropractic first, but I am not trying to like climb the ladder in the chiropractic sphere, if that makes sense. Like it does. I don't care to be on the stage at mile high. Yeah. I, I just was ironically. <laughs> I know you were. I know you were. You looked like you were loving it too. Oh uh, yeah, it was good. Um you know it's hard. A lot of I I was wondering I, that answers a lot because it was like, you know, how come I don't see you? I, Cause I'm sure you're asked a lot. Yeah. They see that big number that you can advertise to. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> Hey, Hey, how about you um, advertise our event? Um, but so that's where you would go is more in the broader health and wellness, like bring chiropractic to those other stages. Yeah, I really prefer speaking more to the general public. So yeah, I, I take those, those speaking pay. gigs. What? He said, and those actually pay. They do, yes. Mm-hmm. It's rumor. Rumor on the street. Yes. Uh... But you know, maybe, maybe because I'm so young in my career, I think there is a lot of like imposter syndrome of like, who am I to share the stage with these people who've been practicing for 10 plus years, even though I think there can be some, you know, as an even newer early grad, I was like, where I want to hear from some new people that are like in my shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that will change one day in the future. Um, there's, there's one chiropractic conference that I have been asked to speak at three times now. <laughs> And, um, I honestly, I would do it. I just haven't, it hasn't worked out with like, it just, to me, it's like, it has to be worth the time away from my family. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And like, so far, none of those things are. And like, man, if just, if you view it, like, okay, you're going to spend a whole weekend away from your family. You have like your flight. Maybe they're going to cover your flight. Maybe they're going to cover your stay. But that time away from your family. I, got free admission to, I get free admission to conferences. So like a few hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to know how much I'm getting paid to speak at an event in Pennsylvania? Yeah, I do. Like, I'm not trying to be like, I don't know. I like hearing numbers. So I don't even know how much to charge for those things. Um, $6,000. Yeah. I hear that. Like I was just having a conversation with someone who was like, yeah, no, like speaker fees for some of these events are like 
5,000, $10,000. And I'm like, what? Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, it's like, I, I got a lot of people through the doors buying the tickets to go to the event too. So I, I understand kind of, you know, where that's at, but yeah, I just don't think that any of the chiropractic conferences are going to pay that. No, no. And I can, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm so young. And so like the only thing that makes me like different than any other person on that stage is just that I have a lot of people on social media that listen to what I say, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like they are way more smart than I am when it comes to like anatomy and physiology or like neuro or like these things that they've been teaching on for years. I just like talk on social media. I think you're selling yourself short, but yeah. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like to be totally honest, like because you have more followers, it makes you seem more qualified. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I don't have a doctorate education and I do a ton of advanced training and studying and like my team and community jokes and they say I'm a walking encyclopedia because I just like, I'm an information consumer. I like to know a lot of things, but like, I think there is an element of the public viewing me as more credible because I have more followers and it's not just for me, but you can even catch yourself looking at a blogger on social media and be like, I trust her recommendation. Why? Why? Yep. Yep. And it comes now you do have, you said though, like you have a product coming out, right? Yeah, I sure do. do. What is it? I would love to. So it is a five-step guide to non-toxic living. Mm. So basically the lens that this was created through was that we know that the decreased ability to adapt physical, chemical, and emotional stressors is what causes interference between your brain and your body. So physical ones, you know, we can't do a lot about, you can't live your life avoiding car accidents, emotional ones. It's like a constant journey that we're on. This was my thought process in chiropractic school, but chemical ones. So I was like, we can't avoid all chemicals. Like there's 5g, there's, you know, pollution, chemtrails, whatever. So you walk outside and you're like, okay, we can't avoid that. But within these walls of my home, I think I could do a lot that would really just elevate or really just decrease what my nervous system's even having to adapt. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I can't get rid of everything. So that's why I'm going to pursue chiropractic care as part of my lifestyle to increase my body's adaptability. But like within the walls of my home, I think I could just get rid of a lot of these like chemical filled things that my nervous system doesn't even have to adapt it because it's just not there. Yep. So that's where I really started talking about health and wellness on social media. It was just kind of like that prong of the overall worldview of the philosophy of chiropractic. And this whole guide is we go through like 24 different categories of your home and life with the five steps you could do to get rid of the toxins in that area. So 
it's not just like buy this product and buy this product. It's like a ton of free and simple options too, which are some of my favorite things to do. I would say probably the world's least favorite things to do because we live in a very consumerist world. That's like, I'd rather just buy an air purifier than open my windows every day. And it's like, you know, because it's a lifestyle change, you have to go around and open your windows or you can just press this presses button on your air purifier and it runs all day and you don't have to think about it. So it, it runs you through kind of free to however much money you're wanting to spend and the different changes and values of both over 24 different categories. It's almost 200 pages long. Whoa. And it also yeah, gives that's, you, that's a, that's a book. This is not a guide. That's a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's starting to feel that way, <laughs> but it's just designed very like, it's not like 200 pages of words. Like there's a lot of photos, a lot of design elements. And it also gives you resources to research these things more. So resources for how to evaluate the water quality or the air quality where you live and like courses you could take books, you could read. Mm -hmm. So it's not just saying I'm not, I refuse to spoon feed information to people. I'm just kind of laying it out and then also saying, here's where you can learn more about it. So where would someone get your guide? Oh yeah. So if you go to drcourtneykayla.com, that is my personal website. And on there, I have like resources for how to find a chiropractor near you. And then I also have resources for a whole chiropractic directory, which are chiropractors that have submitted applications that approve that they assess the nervous system. And then we'll also be selling our guide on that website as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we will make sure that we have that in the show notes. Um, and if somebody, well, people can't really get a hold of you because if you don't follow them, they're going to send you a question uh, and they're going to go into your requests and you don't read your requests. So, that. so if you have a question for Courtney, you too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, if you're a nice chiropractor who is not going to be a troll how would somebody ideally get you know into you yeah I mean you can definitely try to send me a message and if I don't respond just know it sits in the request folder but then if the more you respond it like bumps your message up to the top of that folder I would say I probably visually will see the first like however many fit on that first screen. So like five to eight or so. And if it looks like a kind message, I'll click on it. here, put like non-troll here. (laughs) Yeah. But that is just where, you know, a lot of people that don't follow me do their messages live there and they're not always the nicest ones. So I don't look at that very often. Now, if you're like, yeah, really genuine, like I do want to be available and helping and supporting and talking to people. So probably messaging my business, our wellhouse, that Instagram page, and then, um, or even the nervous system Cairo, uh, Instagram page. 
I'll, I look at both of those or I have team members that are in there, but if they see something that, you know, would be someone wanting to talk to me, they'll let me know. Okay. Good. Well, thank you so much. I know thank you get you. a lot of requests. And even though I uh, asked you to be on uh, two years ago and then like ghosted you, <laughs> <laughs> completely ghosted you until a month ago, like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Divine timing. That's I right. I believe that today's timing was what we were supposed to. So I would agree. I would agree. Thanks for having me, girl. All right, She Slayers. Until next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>